You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sidetells. And you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here, right now. Ooh, Erica, I invited you here so long ago. I know you did. You finally showed up. I was nervous. I'm not a podcast person, <laughs> and I don't really like my voice on recording, Listen, so I'm happy to be here, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, no. I First of all, you were one of the first uh, candidates to say you were down for this, so I appreciate that. I appreciate you, and uh, just so you know... Nobody likes their voice. Okay, good. That makes me happy. Gosh, it's crazy to be back, back here at Reed. My daughter went to preschool here, so I haven't been here since she was, I guess, four going on five, and now she's in seventh grade. So it's neat to pull up. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. Are the we getting here. Yeah, a little bit. I was looking at the big window when I pulled up where she would stand there and scream when I left. <laughs> uh, but then she stopped screaming as she got older, but uh, then she would wave. But I, like, I, I drove up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the big window. I yeah, love it. Yeah, the waving window, <laughs> the which waving sometimes window. starts off as the crying window. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it turns hopefully and almost always into the way it does. Window. It does. And it did for her too. <laughs> yeah. And I met your son recently. Super nice guy. Thank you. He's a 12th grader at the high school. Uh -huh. Gosh, I can't believe he's getting ready to graduate. And what stuff. does that it's feel exciting. like? It feels really weird. I feel really old all of a sudden. I didn't think I was old, but now that I have a senior that's going to go to college, I'm like, wow, I am kind of old. But it's it's also great. It's exciting, you know, to see him setting goals to move on. He wants to go to community college before um, he goes to a four-year school. He wants to stay local, which we're kind of happy about. He wants mm -hmm. to stay with us. We don't mind that at all, um, my husband and I. So it's just good. It's It, it feels good. I'm such a little softy. Yeah. Like, I start thinking about that day of saying goodbye and they go to college, and I'm I just don't. like... Oh. I think of um, Toy Story <laughs> and Woody. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, no, uh, Buzz? Oh, or no, it's the boy. It's the boy. What's boy? his name? I can't remember his name. Oh, someone's yelling at the his radio now. His name is on the on. bottom of the shoe. Wait, wait, wait. If only I had an electronic device to give us information. I can't believe I can't remember what this. I'm a huge Disney fan. the boy's name in Toy Story? Don't tell me. Let's see here. Here are matches for Toy Story. Oh, they're giving me nothing. They're giving me nothing. Wait, Andy. Andy. Oh my gosh. I am such a Disney fan. I will be fired from my Disney fanship <laughs> because I can't believe I didn't remember that. But I always think of like Andy when that happens. Obviously, I can't remember his name, but I think of the picture of all the toys. And the, oh I, God, you know. some of these movies that I've seen like 15, <laughs> 20 times before, I watch them now. And I'm a little baby. Yeah, I'm a big baby. I'm a big baby when it comes to that stuff. We were just talking about that at home, how my daughter likes all this scary, like, dark stuff, and she's in seventh grade, and I'm like, I don't like any of that. I like all the Disney movies. She's like, oh, mom. Oh, tell, tell her to talk to me. I'm into the scary stuff, too. Oh, so. she would come and hang out with you, because yeah. I'm not a big fan. This is our month right now. Yeah, this she's loving it. She's loving it. So, um... Just to preface all this uh, for you listeners, um, I'm guessing I'm going to make some of you mad because that's politics. It's so crazy. People get mad. Uh, it's us versus them in so many situations, but it's not that situation in this room right now, and it's never a situation with me. I just want what's best for Hamilton, what's best for my kids, what's best for all the kids who come from Reed, and just all the kids in general. It's my passion. Erica, I have so much respect for you because I would never, e e ever do what you are doing. I, th I think it takes an, an incredible, incredible amount of courage. And um, you've already been doing it. You're going for it again. And um, 
I just, I appreciate the work you've already done and I, I respect you big Thank time. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you know what, Sam, you say that, but I could see you being a person as your boys get no. bigger nope. and your girl um, get bigger. <laughs> it could be something, you know, that you think you want to do too, because you have the expertise and the knowledge and um, the love and passion for children and education that you might want to do it. I definitely have the love. I definitely have the passion but I'm also super sensitive. Okay. All right. I have a little bit of a thicker skin and I've gained a little bit of a thicker skin um, over Doing the last this, few years. Yeah. You have to, I right? Have, yeah, I think you have to. Because I can't, I can't take everything personal when I know that my reason for doing what I do and the decisions I am, need to make, which aren't easy quite often, um, are from the heart and trying to really do it what's in the best interest of the kids in the town it's never anything for myself it's never anything selfish so i know that i can sleep at night does it hurt a little and sting a little at times yeah but um the reality is i still know that i'm trying my best so i can i can go on and move on from that i have the same uh philosophy uh you know there could be someone who gets upset whatever if i know that i'm doing whatever i can to the best of my abilities for the kids, I, I can't feel bad about right, it. Exactly. No matter what someone else on the outside says or thinks. Exactly. And maybe because of us being teachers, we've got used to being in that situation. It's a little bit easier to handle because we are um, under a lot of, I don't want to use this word scrutiny, but a little, a lot of scrutiny, you know, and a lot of people watching us and a lot of watchful eyes that is fine that we have all those watchful eyes, but um, it, you know, you kind of get used to being questioned on the decisions you're making and you have to make the best decisions possible. Yeah. So I, through that, I have gotten thicker skin, mm -hmm. not quite thick enough. <laughs> so to the person who has <laughs> the thicker skin, <laughs> let's dive right in. Are okay, you ready? Let's go. All right. These are questions that were uh, given to me on a Facebook feed. Uh, the ones that were given to me privately, I've already shown you. Um, and if anyone's questioning why I gave the questions ahead of time, um, I don't, I, I want people to have a well thought out answer. I, I want, sure, there could be a candidate who comes in here and says what they think the people want to hear, uh, and but I would let you decide that. I think that the listener uh, is going to be smart enough to be able to tell if someone's being real or not real, and so I want you to be ready, and I want you to give the answer that you truly believe in, and uh, hopefully uh, people uh, can make their decision on who they think would be the best candidate for the job. Okay, thank you. All right, so here we go. This one's from Bianca. We're going to start start off with this one. Uh, in teaching, you might know this. Uh, some people uh, call it the aha moment where a kid finally realizes, you know, how multiplication works or something. You can see that aha moment on their face. So for you, what was your aha moment that made you feel you needed to run for a seat? Okay. And I like to call it my light bulb. When my students, I was like, the light bulb turned on, you got it. Woohoo. You know, and I even say that to myself. But for me, I think my aha moment was I've been active um, in the community since we came to Hamilton. My son was just two, two and a half when we got here. And literally weeks after we moved to Hamilton, my dad and I were in the shop, right? And um, I don't even know why he was there with me, which is weird. But we were at the shop, right? We had my son in the cart. And uh, there were some people from the mom's club there at a table selling tickets to a little dance party that they were having for the toddlers, right? And my dad went and bought me tickets. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll go. I don't really know anybody. He's like, oh, you should go take AJ. It'll be fun. So I went and it was, it was just awesome. And I got involved with the club and I started to serve on different positions, started out just as a member and then, um, 
I've worked in all the different positions, secretary, treasurer, vice president, community service coordinator, president. Right now I'm like the seated uh, community service coordinator, but I really am not doing much with the club right now because I have too many other obligations, but I still support them a hundred percent. But what I realized, my kids were getting bigger and I was like, gosh, I just don't want to stay active in the community and do more. So I guess my aha moment was I was trying to look for another way to serve the community and at the same time use the passion and the knowledge that I have to better our community. So I decided that a run for school board would be a good next step for me. You know, that that question <laughs> uh, leads well into this one. Uh, this is from Anonymous. What are you quali- uh, Why are you qualified for the job? What life experiences make you a good candidate. Okay. Um, for anybody that doesn't know me, I am a teacher of 17 years. I teach in the Port Republic School District where I grew up, about a half hour from Hamilton. Um, I teach third and fourth grade math and social studies and science. Like we kind of do it similar to Hamilton where you have math every day and social studies or science part of the year. Um, and I have my... Um, my certification in elementary education, K-8, I'm also certified to teach special education. And then I returned to Rowan after my bachelor's degree to get my special ed cert, but also to get my master's in educational leadership. So I have not only a good amount of teaching experience, but I also have um, a lot of education that, you know, makes me a good candidate um, and a good person to serve on the school board because I not only have knowledge from an educational perspective, meaning a graduate program perspective, but also a perspective of someone that's in the classroom every day and sees how schools run. This is for me personally, because as an educator myself of 16 years, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm often curious, like, what, what do you think about people who are running, and I'm not saying this to badmouth anyone, I'm just asking for the job. Do you think it's necessary for someone to have an, a, a background in education to be able to do a good job I, in this position? No, I don't think you have to have a background in education. I just think it's good to have a balance of both people that can look at the business side and have the expertise in finance and buildings and grounds, which I admittedly don't have. But it also, I think, is a nice balance to have someone that understands the curriculum and the social-emotional learning and all the things that actually go into the day-to-day uh, life of being a student, a teacher, and obviously even a parent. So I think it's a nice balance to have both. So I'm, I'm not critical of anyone that doesn't have that. I just think it's nice to have both on the ah, panel. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Time to dive into the deeper waters. Okay. This is from a very good friend of mine named Michael. Michael asks, does the current political climate on a national level have an influence on your decision to run? Um, I would have to say no, because I decided to run, this is my second term, so I didn't run um, three years ago. I actually ran initially four years ago. Um, so that wasn't really an impactful reason when I decided to run. The, you know, we were pre-pandemic. We, um, I hate to say it, but we weren't quite as divided as the country seems to be now. Yeah, no, so, now it's worse than ever. Yeah, it doesn't. It didn't really have an impact into why I decided to run. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now for a big one, and uh, this is one that actually received the most amount of likes and feedback on my Facebook page. Uh, this is from my friend Freya. What is your stance on how to go about teaching controversial issues, including racism, sex ed? violence, gay, lesbian, non-binary, 
binary and trans uh, trans rights, uh, teaching acceptance, etc. Okay, okay. Um, I think my stance and my belief on that is for us to start at a very early age, you know, preschool all the way through the elementary school where we're actually teaching acceptance. To me, that's the biggest thing uh, that we need to make sure we're spending the time on acceptance of anyone, anyone of any race, anyone of every color, anyone of any sexual orientation that we need to accept everyone for who they are um, and care for them and for their families for who they are. So I feel that um, if any group is feeling misrepresented in our community and in our school, I would ask them to reach out to the school and have an open discussion where they can express their concerns if they feel that they aren't receiving the representation or the support that they need. Um, and that's, you know, please reach out, honestly. Yeah. So you're all about yeah. teaching it in the school, yeah. like teaching acceptance for, for everybody. Everybody. Everyone should be expe- accepted for who they are. Yeah. You know, that feeds really well into this question uh, from also, this one's also anonymous. So uh, we live in some strange times right now, Erica. Um, in a day and age where people worry about being canceled, whatever that may be, can a parent, uh, can parents be confident that you will be comfortable standing up for what you really believe in? Yes, 100%. I have no absolutely no problem speaking up for myself, my family, our students, the town, whatever I think I need to say, I will say it. I've been told before, sometimes maybe I shouldn't say what I've said because I'm a little bit um, brutally honest. Could Ooh, probably was your be. husband said, come <laughs> yeah. on, Erica. Like, but yeah, I, I just, I don't have a problem speaking up for. And if I, and if, if you, I offend you because of what I've said, I will be, I will genuinely apologize. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I will also be very direct and answer you if you ask me a question, um, and will address issues. So I have spoken up many, you know, many times, um, since I've been on the board and haven't always been, haven't often, I should say, been in a favorable position and have been in the minority and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You'll go against the grain yeah. if you have to. Yep. Right on. Uh, I have a friend named Saul and Saul wants to know what would, Oh, okay. What would be your response to things when the governor issues a mandate and the people of Hamilton do not want to follow that mandate? Ooh, that's a, that's a stick. That's a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, I was, I'm, I was happy when in August we were planning to go back to the school without masks. I was excited at the idea that my children wouldn't go to school with masks, that my students wouldn't come to school with a mask, that our students of Hamilton and myself wouldn't have to wear a mask. It was very (laughs) exciting. And then the mandate came from the governor. Um, What the district was going to say was that we were saying mandate, um, I'm sorry, masks were optional, but um, encouraged to encourage people to be wearing them, um, but not required. Uh, The governor's mandate came down, the executive order came, I guess the announcement came down that night, and we were alerted that there was going to be an executive order the next day. So the school district still made their statement as to what the original plan was, but said pending changes that had just been announced by the governor, a new statement will be coming out. 
We've also, um, in the interim of getting that statement and making a statement, the district making a statement to the community, we received a six-page uh, descriptive email from our legal counsel explaining the ins and outs of how school will come back in. So none of these decisions are made lightly. You know, we receive six-page emails that we happily review to go over all the reasons, and we are told that what we need to do and what's is to follow the executive order in order to ensure that we receive all the funding and do what is being directed from Trenton to us. So that's the decision that has been made and supported by the board. Are, would we all love to not have masks? Absolutely. I don't think there's a sitting board member that wouldn't be happy if we didn't have masks in the school. I really don't. For themselves, so their grandkids, tough. their kids, hey, and everyone. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Try keeping them on three-year-olds. I can't imagine. Oh I have eight-year-olds, and I some of my eight-year-olds can't keep theirs on, right? So, my students, you know. So I know it's difficult. Um, I hope that things change and that we don't have those forever, and I hope that changes sooner rather than later. But, so, but we, what you're saying is is if the governor makes a mandate, you're sticking by I what will the support, state wants. Yes, I will. Very, all right. Very cool. So yeah. – uh, uh, okay. Uh, easy question. I think it's easy. Uh, who is funding your campaign? Um, myself and Nick Polito, my husband. Oh, <laughs> what a gentleman. He's putting a little yeah, in too, huh? It's just us. I mean, we have, you know, we share everything together, but just us, no one else. Hey, what does Nick think about all this? He He's such a, I mean, he is, um, he's the one putting all my signs up. He's the one that helps me with anything. He picks my signs up. He helps me with everything he can. You know, I write my posts. He looks at them. He's very supportive. He, I couldn't ask for a better team, him and my two children, tolerating my in and out, going everywhere, running around all the time. Um, they're very supportive. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, <laughs> need that support, yeah. right? Um, okay, so um, I'm not sure if you know her. My friend Aaron, I'm going to keep the last names okay. off, but um, Aaron wants to ask, what current obstacles are parents facing in education? Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't know if she's meaning COVID-related. Gosh, if, that is pretty yeah, open, Yeah, that's right? pretty, like, broad. But, I mean, if we're talking about specifically COVID-related issues, I would say, you know, students and their children acclimating, getting back into a full-day setting, um, being concerned about getting your kids to where they need to be. You know, I'm... I know everyone's worried about catching them up and getting them where they need to be, but I'm just at this point worried about getting them back into the groove of school and being comfortable where they are every day. Um, obviously, we want to fill in the gaps that anybody may have had, being they were only in school Seriously. a lot less time. Uh, but, I mean, that's one of the huge ones. I think that that's a huge. That is huge. Yeah. I don't think everyone understands. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. God, there could be so many other things that she's meaning. Yeah. Well, um, you know what? She also was asking this and it, it's kind of irrelevant based off an earlier answer you gave. Okay. Um, but maybe you can answer it. If not, we'll move on. Okay. Um, so we were talking about if you don't follow the mandate, uh, you'll, you'll lose funding. Yes. Um, if you have an answer for this, great. Um, so if, uh, as the board, I guess, as a whole decides to go against the mandate and we lose funding, um, how would we fund school activities that rely on the extra funding if there is another way or I, idea? I don't really know other than seeking uh, grant funding, which, you know, the grants aren't very um – they're plentiful, but they're not that plentiful, and they're not like you can get them like tomorrow. So I would think if we went 
I know if we went against the executive order and funding was reduced, you know, or dissipated in some way, um, their programs immediately would have to halt. Not everything would be able to be run the way that it is now. So I wouldn't support us doing that. So mm. I don't have a solution of how we would fund them yeah, I differently. Guess. So I, if, gosh, if, if we lost funding, we'd have to be creative like we always are with moving our financial things around and figuring what, how we're going to do that. But I don't have an immediate answer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the last question I have from this list uh, comes from a very good friend of mine who, oh, shouldn't even say it, anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, this one actually means a lot to me based off my own um, theories about education and and my own ideological ideas of how it should be. Um, so let's see what you have to say. Would you be open to implementing a tracking approach to education? Another way you can say tracking is leveling. So it would be a way for teachers to teach according to skill level classes as a whole students could move up and down levels across all subjects so to break that down if if, if someone doesn't understand um in montessori uh which i'm versed in you you don't teach someone if they're not ready for something uh you teach to the child which means you teach them at their level and when they're ready to move on as opposed to like me when i was in elementary school and i might have not un understood something in multiplication but all of a sudden the next lesson is order of operations and i can't do order of operations because i missed the multiplication so i'm i'm constantly falling behind because of that what this anonymous person's asking is would you be open to so a school system where people could be placed in the appropriate level and if they uh um become advanced enough if they if they are ready to move on then they move on to the next level as opposed to just being lumped in a classroom with people of huge huge uh differences in, in their abilities and um yeah did that make sense the yeah way I said no it? that made sense i understand okay so i mean i know what you know we always talk about is trying to meet meet students where they are you know, and I think what the person is meaning is trying to figure out if there's a way where we can meet each student where they are every day. I do not honestly know the impact of what, how that would, or uh, how that would work in the district, but I totally would be up for having a discussion with, you know, a team of people to figure out if that is something that we can implement, even if it was like a pilot program where we only implemented it in certain, you know, classrooms for a, you know, a certain groups of people where mm. we could actually try it out because it would be hard to say that you're going to just go all in with it in the entire district without actually trying it out obviously there would need to be some reach, uh, research uh, that the district would have to do but i definitely think it's it warrants an open discussion so especially now after the pandemic when people are even probably uh, separated students probably are separated even more in some of the gaps that maybe they Big have. Big time. Uh, so if I think that would lead us to be able to meet them where they are. So I definitely think it warrants a discussion and see if that's something that the district could, you know, talk about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so I, I appreciate that, that you'd be willing to research that if, if need be. Um, and I just know for a fact, off what you were saying, if, when, if Mr. Sam of uh, sixth grade had to learn online for an entire year, Mr. Sam would not have learned for an, entire, for an entire year. Some people did great with it. Yes. And some people didn't. Some people, I, 
you just can't right. learn that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, there's so many things that impacted that for people, you know. Oh my gosh, gone. life at home, the computer yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, we were bringing those kids here to our school whose parents had to work. And I mean, I saw it for myself. Like, uh, it just wasn't a natural way to learn. No, absolutely least, not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. So one person asked for me to go over, and this was a really interesting list. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you, if you're listening to this, you're you're obviously interested, and you've probably checked out the uh, article in the Hamilton Gazette, uh, written by, uh, oh my gosh, her, uh, Kelly Fallon. Um, so Kelly Fallon wrote a really interesting article, and she didn't phrase these in in a way that I would speak them to you. So I'm just going to read to you what she wrote exactly and see if you have something, but I know, aren't you doing something on your Facebook now? So I, Kelly wrote um, a letter to the editor asking the eight questions that she would suggest that you ask anyone that's running for school board. And you know, I was really moved by it and I was, I read it and I thought about it. Gosh, these are great questions, you know? And then I said to my husband, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to answer them. I'm going to answer them all. And he's like, where? I'm like, on Facebook. He's like, okay. So I today I, I dropped uh, question number five. Uh, again, um, if this doesn't, uh, not all my answers are probably what everyone wants to hear, right? But they're honestly my opinions, and I'm honest. okay with that. So I dropped number five. I still have six and seven. They're written already. Number eight, I'm finishing up because it's my last one, and I want to make sure it's my, you know, the best one. Um, or... Yeah, I want to write. You take some great pride in knowing that you're being very honest, even if it goes against the grain. Exactly, and um, you know, and if um, of course I want to be reelected to the Hamilton School Board, and that's you know my family's working hard for that, and I'm you know working hard, and I do think 100 percent I deserve it, and I wholeheartedly think that me being reelected is what's in the best interest of the students and the staff and the community of Hamilton, um, and I want people to know how I feel. Awesome. Yeah. I'm just going to go in order. So okay. uh, here we go. Does the candidate have the best interest of all the children in Hamilton at the t- at their top priority, or do they only care about their own or a select few? I care about all students, and you know I think what I referenced in my uh, post um, on Facebook was that I, all students, my students, every day when I have them, I consider them my kids. I've had so many students over the years and they're all mine and I do consider that all the students of Hamilton are my students and I want them to be my kids and I really do um, take pride in trying to do the best that I can for them not a select group not my children all of our children that's that's about it awesome does the I'm realizing being a journalist is hard. It's, it's hard, hard just being objective. I want to say something after everything you say, but... Mm, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Does the candidate hold the educators, coaches, staff, and employees of Hampton schools in high regard and treat them with respect? Or do they just want to be in a position to control them? I have absolutely no um, <laughs> no interest in just controlling the teachers or the staff. I respect them. Uh, my, you know, my son um, uh, has has special needs, and he we've dealt with a lot of child study team members. We've dealt with hundred plus. Gosh, I was thinking about. It. I wrote a hundred, over a hundred teachers, but it's probably been closer to two hundred teachers in the years that he and his sister have been in school. And when I've had an issue, I reach out to the teacher. You know, I don't go to the principal. I don't go to someone else. I reach out to them with a concern. 
uh, when they were younger, I would reach out to the teacher more and ask my questions and make sure that they got answered and advocate for them if I felt necessary. But I've never went above or around anyone. And now that I, they're older, my son's 12th grade, my daughter's 7th, I try to make sure they're advocating for themselves. Obviously, with the 12th grader, that's very easy. And um, we've been teaching him that. We have him ask questions. If he has concerns or questions, have him write an email to the teacher. And then if need be, we follow up. But we're trying to put them in control you of their destiny. You said he has needs. How, how is he able to handle that? He handles it great. He's great. Yeah. I have to, I mean, I am so happy. We went, um, AJ went, started school in Hamilton in second grade. He had went to St. Joe's. He was doing fine there, but he was diagnosed with autism and ADHD. And we realized he needed more resources. So we moved him into Hamilton when he was in second grade. And we received nothing but great support from the child study teams the inclusion classrooms, the extra therapies that he needed when he was younger, and he doesn't need any of that now, which we're very fortunate for. Not everyone's in that same boat, but we're very fortunate that he has been, you know, got so much early on that he could actually be so successful on his own. Yes. Was it a, I got to ask, was it a big deal when he came and applied for camp this summer? Oh, it was a big deal. Yes. He's very nervous. He's the nervous. He is, I call him my, um, oh, I'm sorry. That's my, how dare you? I'm so sorry. That's my phone. Um, he is, uh, nervous about doing things on his own a little bit at times, but he does it. Um, and I even had said when he came here, I'll tell you, Sam, he applied for a job here and, um, you guys were so nice and said, yeah, send him over. And he was great. I said, do you want me to drive you over? He's like, no, no, I'm going to drive because he had his car and drove by himself. I'm like, all right, bud, look, (laughs) look at you go. But yeah, he gets, he gets nervous doing that. Now he works at ShopRite. Oh, cool. He's been there since, I guess, the summertime. He works there. He does the shop from home, and he loves it. Um, and he's there a couple days a week, but it's awesome. And he's, you know, fa- he likes it there. Uh, I could totally tell he was nervous, but he was oh very charming and just sweet Thank as could you. be. He really is. He's yeah. a good boy. I yeah. Can't, yeah. If we weren't fully staffed, we would have brought him on, but it was it was really great. And I, listen, to you him. told me in March, and I put a I, I told him to mark it down in his calendar. To let me know way yeah, ahead to of let time. You know way ahead of time if you wanted to do something this coming summer. Because everyone <laughs> wants to work at camp, you know, it's a fun summer. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's great. Reach out in March, maybe even February. Okay. All right. Maybe February. I'll change right. my calendar. Cool. Cool. Okay. Oh, the word the the word Hamiltonians. Yes. Uh, is this candidate loyal to all Hamiltonians? Or do you only answer to a certain political group? I am loyal to all Hamiltonians. I've been told and uh, that I am NFT, not from town. Um, my family and I've been here <laughs> for 15 years. Wait, wait, uh, wait. Is that a is that a known thing nationally, or is that just a Hamilton thing? I think thing? that's the, a Hamilton the thing. The NFT. Yeah, I think it might be. Oh I'm not sure. You might. God. I don't want to offend anyone. Maybe it's everywhere else. But but we got a couple NFTs at, in, yes, in the pillars right, right here, now. right now. Um, <laughs> and you know. And I definitely um, take care of and try to be concerned with every Hamiltonian, whether you're a native Hamiltonian or whether you're uh, a newer, I guess 15 years is newer, a newer Hamiltonian like myself. I, you know, I try to make sure that I'm taking care of everyone. Um, And and can I get personal guys, if you are only supporting the Hamiltonians, Stop. <laughs> People come here because they love it. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. We moved here. Like I said, we were looking for a place in, you know, close uh, in the Atlantic County area. We were in, I grew up in Port Republic. We were in Galloway. And when we decided to look and move this way a little bit, par, this part of the county, we just fell in love with Hamilton. And that's why we decided family, here. This is like the place to that's be. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Question number four. 
Who will you support for board president and vice president? Okay. Uh, is it, wait, wait. Board leadership matters, and you deserve that answer as a, or we deserve that answer as a voter. Okay. I for for board leadership, I 100% support Kelly Fallon. She served as our vice president for one term, and I feel that she is a diplomatic um, leader that really wants to hear what everyone has to say. And she's very easy to work with. She has the best interests of Hamilton 100%. And she knows the pulse of the community. And she really works hard to make sure she is taking care of everyone. So I feel that she would be a great leader based on, you know, not only her qualities, um, her education, and just the person that she is. I feel that she would be a great person to help guide and lead our board so um, it would just be it would just be wonderful if she got if she was a leader. Okay. Next question number five of eight. Sorry. Uh, is this candidate an intelligent, strong, free-thinking individual who will vote for a board president because of their upstanding reputation and exceptional leadership qualities, or will they vote for someone to conform and fall in line because it makes their life easier? Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I think if you ask anyone that knows me, they're going to tell you that I speak my mind and do what I want to do and what I think's best. Um, like I said to you before, you know, I definitely um, speak up when I need to and ask questions that need to be asked, which sometimes are favorable and sometimes are not favorable. And I'm okay with that. Um, and the big thing I have to say, Sam, with me is that I really do feel that I'm guided by my morals and by what I think is right to do uh, for everyone. So I believe that um, people can put their trust in me. I know that people can put their trust in me. And anyone that knows me will definitely vouch for me in that area and tell you that I'm going to speak my mind and do what I say I'm going to do. All right. All right. Question number six. Would you feel comfortable approach, or no, would I, <laughs> this is a question for me, I guess, would I feel comfortable approaching this candidate in confidence with a personal issue involving the school to be steered in the right direction? Or would they have my personal business all over town? Okay, so sorry, I was trying to frame it in a question for you, but it was for me and that was confusing. But um, are you approachable? Yes, I think I think I'm approachable. I think people can talk to me. I mean, over the last th almost three years, I received you know many messages and phone calls for people to ask me to sometimes answer a question for them, sometimes explain something to them that they didn't understand how what was happening, sometimes to voice a complaint. Um, and I've tried to be a really active listener. You know, I try not to throw in my opinion or my two cents about what they're saying and actually listen to them at, to get to the bottom of how I can help them best. Quite often, it's a listening ear, a brief explanation. Other times, it is where I need to make sure, hold on, let me find out who you should contact about that and give them advice who to contact. Do I, am I the liaison that reaches out to the superintendent for them? Absolutely not. I say, you should call principal, blah, blah, blah. You should reach out to the teacher. Um, don't be concerned about that. This is how this works in a school district. And I try to answer the questions with my knowledge. But if it's not just a uh, asking about something, for example, someone asked, um, had a, their child was in an inclusion class and asked if they should be concerned about that. 
oh, is there something wrong? Are they worried about, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, no, that's absolutely great. There's always a variety of regular ed students and special ed students in an inclusion classroom. They were reaching out to me as I think more of an, maybe more of an educator than a board member. But I tried to, you know, explain to them that the resources that are in that classroom, there's just going to be two teachers in there. It's, it's, you know, it's great. Don't worry about it. But if you do have concerns, reach out to the teacher and talk to the teacher and express your concerns. Probably just a brief time later, the person reached out to me and was like, oh, gosh, that was the best. There's two teachers in there. That's awesome. He's getting extra help and stuff like that. Because she was concerned because her child was not a special education student, was concerned that maybe, you know, it wasn't the right fit, but it was a great fit. Um, and then that's just one example on a personal thing where I could just kind of talk to someone, listen, and explain what I knew about it and my opinion of how great uh, a situation like that could be. Um, but if they're still concerned, then reach out to the teacher and express the concern to them. Um, so yeah, I definitely try to listen. Did I share that information with anyone? No one here, but tonight, and I'm not telling you who the person is, I would never share anyone's personal information or put their business out there, who that was, Secrets or are what safe they with said. Erica yes, absolutely. So I would never, yes, I, you know, I talked to you guys about it tonight, but I would never tell you who that was. And right. I, you know, after that, that's it. It goes in a little box and there's my little box where it stays. And I'm not sharing that information with other people. Right on. Right on. Okay. Question number seven. Do I trust this person to do their own homework and make thoughtful, well-informed decisions that affect our children? Or will they just vote a certain way because someone of influence told them to? I definitely do my research. I ask a lot of questions. Um, if anybody's ever really watched me at a school board meeting, I'm taking very rigorous notes, um, even being teased, not in a negative way, in a funny way, by um, some of my neighbors. Wow, you write a lot down. Because I'm trying to make sure I understand what everything's being said. I try to make sure that I ask questions about stuff that is being discussed that was prior to me being on the board. So I can ask questions and make a, uh, may, yeah, make a good decision for what I'm I'm doing so I have you know I keep all of the um, board agendas and have all my notes on them and I refer back to them sometimes when there's a question about what was said or how we did something so I definitely make sure I ask my questions I'm very organized very detail oriented make sure that if I have a question I ask it um, I also you know have the knowledge and expertise of being a teacher um, an educator for many years so that you know de you know delves nicely into, you know, making sure I'm asking the questions that need to be asked because I understand what some of those questions are. Again, we need business people too, but I feel like I have questions that come from an educational perspective that sometimes may not be asked by other people. The, uh, there's two other women that sit on the board that were teachers, you know, great people, uh, you know, serving well, have a lot of knowledge, but things have changed over the years. And I, you know, and I said that in one of my answers and I, hopefully people won't take that offensively. And I don't think they, I hope they won't. I don't think they will. Someone's going to get offended. Yeah. Well, that's probably the case with everything, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a way that things have changed and evolved just like it does in any job in any situation in life and having a person that's actually in the day-to-day -day of uh, education teaching working with children and everything that's expected of educators and students now is a definite benefit to the board awesome if i which would never happen if i was on the school board could i check out your notes yes you can check out my notes I, i'll need that you probably wouldn't always be able to read them but i could translate <laughs> them to you it's like a lot of scribble on there real quick but uh, i kind 
kind of read, I kind of write sort of neatly. I don't know. You might be able to read them. But I'll All right. Them. All right. Good to know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Final question. Okay. Here we go. And I really love this one. What does this candidate have to gain by being on the board? Only, oh, should I write this? I, I'll read the rest of it. She wrote, only acceptable answer, nothing. Besides the satisfaction of making a positive difference through serving your community. Okay. And uh, I hate to say the word nothing because that sounds like I'm not thankful for the position I'm in and the honor that I have to serve as a school board member. I do know what Mrs. Fallon means. Kelly means nothing. I'm not gaining anything personally, financially, um, in any other way. So in that case, it would be nothing. In the true case, I know that each day that I serve, I try to make a difference in our community, in lives of our children, in lives of families that live here in Hamilton. So that's what I gain from it. Satisfaction, uh, knowing yeah. that you're doing something good. Absolutely. And giving back to our community. Like I said, I'm going to, you know, go back to the beginning of our conversation and our questions. I started out getting involved with the Moms Club just to take my son on a little play date. And it evolved into trying to do more for the community, which I did for more than a decade, you know, and then got involved in other things. So uh, serving our community and volunteering is something that I'm very passionate about and I really want to continue to do. And I feel that this is the best capacity for me to serve um, using the knowledge and passion that I have. I love that. I would really hate to know that anyone's on the school board for their own personal gain. Uh, It's hard for me to even fathom that would be the case. But if that is, that would be be awful. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's awful. I think to... That's what we try to avoid. Right? Exactly. Exactly. That is 100% what we should avoid. So those are the questions, but I have my own chat packs that I give to all of my guests on the pillar. So that's a little more fun. Okay. But first, before we get to the chat pack, I just want to make sure, is there anything else that you wanted to drop on the listeners? Any last words? If not, it's cool. But if you have something left to say, now's the time. You know, if anybody has any questions or anything they want to ask me, just ask. You know, I don't know if you have a personal way to contact me. I have a Facebook uh, page for Erica Plato for School Board. I have my personal page. I do know many people in town, so feel free to reach out and ask me any questions you have. I promise I will answer them. If it's the answer you want to hear, great. If it's not, I'm still going to answer them and tell you my opinion. And I, you know, wouldn't want to tell you what you did want to hear, but I'll be honest with you, you know, and tell you, you know, and talk to you. So please reach out if there's any reason you're considering not voting for me and you want to hear my opinion on something, I would be more than happy to hear from you. If you love me and you want to vote for me and you want to talk to me, call me. (laughs) (laughs) Do people call people nowadays? um, Mostly texting, messenger, (laughs) a couple emails, you know, but yeah, please reach out. If there's anything that I can do to, you know, explain anything more about myself or answer any of these questions maybe better than I did, um, I'd be more than happy to try to do that. Right on. Erica, it is time for the chat pack. I'm going to fan these out. I have two for you, but as you can see, there are five here. So point to one, and that will be the one I read to you. Okay, this one. All right, you're going for that. I'm a little afraid. The middle. Awfully risky. Okay. If you had to choose between exploring outer space or the bottom of the deepest ocean, which one would you choose? Oh, I would definitely explore the ocean. I've, you know, always loved uh, 
although I'd be a little scared going into the deep parts of the ocean, I guess mm. I've just always loved, you know, sea life, grew up by the beach in and enjoyed that. So as much as outer space is awesome, I think I would really just want to be down there with the, under the sea. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, right? We yeah. spend so, how much money on going to space, yeah. but God, there's so much of the ocean that's undiscovered. Exactly. I definitely, I definitely would want to do that. I think I'd be scared though. I would want to do it in some sort of little submarine, maybe not like just me. <laughs> I'd want to have a I mean, you see me. some videos of those deep, <laughs> what's the little fish with the light on uh -huh. front of it? <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to see them unless I have something around me to protect me, but I'd want to see them. Yeah. Just protected too, please. <laughs> I think I'm with you on that. I think I'm with you on that. Yeah. Okay, one more chat okay, pack. I'm fanning go. them out. You okay. are choosing. I'll read this one. Oh, uh, good choice. Maybe. Oh. It's a bad one. This is a good one for me. I don't know about for you. Okay. Let's see. You ever watch cartoons? Not really. You watch cartoons. I do growing watch Disney. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I watch yeah, Disney watch stuff. Disney. I watch Disney stuff. We have Disney Plus. Yeah. So you've got an answer mm -hmm. for this. Which cartoon character do you think would be the most fun to hang out with on a on an afternoon? On an afternoon. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, you only you only get one choice. There's so many cartoons out there, but you get to pick the one that would be fun to hang out with. For an afternoon. I know we were talking Toy Story earlier and other Disney stuff. Oh my gosh, I have no idea, but I'm 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 a big Disney This is gonna person. make or break your know, voters, Erica. Vote for me if I say <laughs> Will you vote for me if I say Mickey Mouse? No, I won't say Mickey Mouse. Oh gosh, that I don't voice. I don't really know. I don't think I could. Afternoon? Who would I pick? Yeah. I think I'm gonna pick Buzz. No, that that doesn't make sense. I don't know. No, that would be fun. I mean, he's kind of, you know, to infinity and beyond. He's got some good energy. Yeah, and, like, he's more exciting. Like, Woody, you know, is a little less exciting than Buzz. I think I'll, even though I wasn't going to go to space, I think I'll go to infinity beyond with Buzz. It's only one afternoon, so you want someone who brings the thunder. I agree. I think that's, I think that would be the right choice. Yes, I, I respect so. that right, decision. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> was that the hardest question? That of was the definitely day? the hardest question of the night. <laughs> All right. And we are going to close this out with any shout outs. So I know a ton of people in this town love you, but oh uh, do you want to give any shout outs while you're here? You know what? Shout outs to everyone that's been, you know, sending me love through this. It is not an easy thing to run for election. It's not easy to be under a bit of a microscope, but um, I really shout out to everyone in Hamilton. And then I have to um, give a big shout out to my daughter, Gabriella, my son, AJ, and my husband, Nick, for their support through all of this. It's not easy on them. And they support me 100% and love me unconditionally, even though sometimes what I do takes a little bit longer than they probably want to give me. <laughs> um, so I do appreciate their support. And I they've never complained. I go to a meeting, anything I do, they've... 100% there to help me and support me. So I have to shout out to my family. That's awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. Hey, mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being transparent and being the first one to tell me, hey, I'm in. Let's do this. Thanks, Sam. Thanks so much for asking me. I really do appreciate it. I was nervous if you can't tell everyone, but Sam's the best. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Okay. I couldn't tell Good. at all. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Erica Polito.